been uh, running near the back for quite some time. What are you doing I to get faster? Don't this even year? run. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Uh, so you and I have talked a lot about the mission of um, Slip Angle, and one of the things that we keep talking about again and again and again is that you and I care about making drivers faster. We want grid life drivers and all drivers to be faster than they were last year. What are you personally going to do to go faster? So maybe have a reliable car, but uh, since we've been uh, doing GLTC, we've been playing with uh, data boxes and then analyzing data. And now like, I kind of know what those squiggling lines mean. Um, and then my friend David calls me up and I, we've talked to him about on the show about it a little bit before, but, uh, he calls me up one night and he's like, Hey, so my brother's a computer genius and we're building a program to make analyzing data, um, really, uh, easy. And I was like, all right, whatever, let's talk about it later. I uh, gave him some ideas, sent him some data files to like play with and stuff. And, uh, Lo and behold, like six months later, holy crap, they actually formed a company. <laughs> so that's freaking cool. Firelapse is the company. Really, uh, really impressive stuff. A bunch of our listeners are using it, and a bunch of our drivers are using it. Um, what's what's your thoughts on it? So I've used it a little bit, but as you know, I don't spend much time in the driver's seat anymore, but I do have a membership, and I use it to like review GLTC data. And I can't uh, believe you make fun of me for going slow, even though I'm not that slow and you don't even drive. me. Well, it's way easier to not drive and make fun of you for going slow than it is for me to drive. I don't go that slow, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, fire laps is going to be, uh, supporting the show and we've got a special. It's very special. Very Um, special. Very special. We just, uh, set this up with uh, David and Daniel uh, of Firelapse, where if you sign up for their annual subscription, which I believe is $99, um, it's 12 months, but they will give you three months free, which is pretty cool. Um, but also, if you sign up and you mail me a copy of your receipt, I will personally mail you a t-shirt. And this they is going to cost us so much money. We're never going to financially recover t-shirts. from this. <laughs> They're, they're mega premium t-shirts. They're awesome. Dude, we're never going to financially recover from that. <laughs> well, I hope. Like, again, yeah, that's the, fine. the that's goal fine. is the, to the, make drivers go faster. Yeah. And this product, I think, is the easiest way to analyze your data. And it doesn't have to be just AIM stuff, too. It's like they've got a ton of different files now that you can import into this, and it will it will show you what you're doing uh, and what you should do. Uh, and it's really like the, the it's changing so fast, too. It's getting better and better and better constantly. Um, just unbelievable, like, analytic software. It's really, really cool and uh, super easy to use. If I can use it, it's not hard to use. So Cause you're, really cool you're stuff. not good at computers. No, I'm a caveman, dude. I'm a freaking idiot. All I do is work with hammers and then tell everybody else what to do as far as everything at the racetrack. <laughs> so uh, the promo code, if you sign up at firelapse.com, which I recommend that you do, the promo code is either slip angle, um, but yeah. I asked David to give us slip angel as well because I know that Adam's not a good speller. I'm a good speller, dude, but a lot of people aren't. You're so mean to me tonight, dude. This is ridiculous. I'm in a mood. Um, you are in a mood. So, uh, is it all you, one word, by the way? Slip angle it's, it's or slip angel? Word. I hope that people yeah. sign up with slip angel. If you sign up with slip angle, uh, slip angel, I'll mail you two shirts. Dude, we literally can't afford. 
right. Well, good luck. Good luck to everyone uh, in figuring out how to type those codes in. <laughs> Firelaps.com. Sign up. Get shirts. Sounds good, buddy. Have fun on the show because I'm probably not on it because you went to Barber. Welcome, everybody, to Slip Angle Podcast number five. It is Saturday the 14th at 3.15 p.m., and I think this is maybe my last one for the day. On the line, I also have uh, my compatriot in timing and scoring with Gridlife, Emma Adams. Hello, hello. This has been one that I wanted to record for a little while because uh, you've you've been around Gridlife for... uh, at least three years. I think it's, well, two and a half. Because I wasn't, I came around the first year, the first half a year when Dana was like first getting into the series. Uh-huh. And I was just hanging around and would like jump in occasionally to help him if he had anything that he needed. And then the next year is when I was working with ASM. And then the next year is when I started working with Gridlife. Yeah. So. So, um... In in the past like year and a half, I've gotten to know you through timing and scoring. Uh, you're basically like fully independent on registration and running the timing, which is not a glamorous job, but it is really stressful. It is. I mean, it's fun. It's just active. <laughs> so, um, for for anyone that like doesn't really know how uh, a competitive race weekend runs, there is there's like motivation for the timing and scoring as a function to essentially be invisible, right? Like everyone wants the system to work perfectly Mm -hmm. um, because the second it doesn't run perfectly, you are highly visible. It's, it's panic. (laughs) And so um, I, I, somehow we got you involved in um, working with us, working with Kevin and timing. What was that conversation like? And how did you know that you're like, yeah, I can do that. Um, well, first off, shout out to Kevin, because Kevin is a really good teacher. So, like, the first event that I went to was NCM to, like, do a little training of, like, hey, is this going to be a job that you're interested in with us? And he was super patient with me, thank God. That event was especially challenging because unlike... Uh, some of the other venues that we go to, their tower was down. Yeah. And you were sitting in a cargo trailer yeah. where you could not see cars on track. You could see, like, maybe the top of a wing. Maybe. And when you're, like, checking numbers to make sure that their transponders are registering in the system. So there was one of us out there, and then there was one of us watching the timing data, and then there was one of us, like, taking information down about the cars on track because we couldn't see anything so I'm like, oh my God, is this what it's like? Oh boy. <laughs> so um, in a competition event, uh, cars, if you're not familiar, will have a little um, little device that's the size of uh, a box of cigarettes, they're about. And uh, it, it attaches to the car. It's supposed to be attached outside the vehicle mm-hmm. and near the surface of the road. Yes. Um, but there are many, many drivers who don't don't follow those instructions and they could be inside the car. Mm-hmm. They could be attached to the roll cage. They could be in the glove compartment. They could be anywhere. My favorite is the cup holder. Oh, yeah. That's... Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, okay, I'm not catching your times. Where's your transponder? Oh, it's in my cup holder. I'm like, oh, okay, how about we just move that 
like so it sees the ground and they're like oh no problem I'm like all right sweet and then it usually works after that but what what it means is, is if you've got a competition group and you're trying to keep track to make sure that all the cars on track are receiving times because ultimately that's that's the goal of the timing and scoring team mm-hmm. um, when cars aren't getting times you need real-time information to figure out why yeah and so one of the first things we do is as cars roll across the start finish line for the first session we identify every car by number and we verify that that car and that transponder have received a hit on the computer yep if you can't see the cars on track that step Mm -hmm. doesn't happen yes yes so how did you uh how did you respond so respond to like yeah like well, I, I don't remember what exactly. Did. Like, what did you do to, to oh, deal with that problem? What we did is at one time, so one of us would be watching the computer to make sure that the cars were registering as simultaneously. One person was yelling numbers over the loud cars, like, because this is on the start-finish line. They're at, like, full throttle, going into turn one, whatever, for NCM. And I'm like, oh, boy, Jason is yelling Kevin is writing as fast as he can. He's like, okay, just look for these numbers as they come by. And usually, like, in Time Attack, they're a little bit spread out. But for, like, instance, in GLTC, in qualifying, sometimes they're all grouped together. So it's like, wow, that was, like, six cars that just went by. i got to go back and check all of those. Just hope that you count uh-huh. six. You, yeah. don't, you don't know which cars. You just right. hope that you get six. Right. And from, like, a really good vantage point, um, let's see. Mid-Ohio has a pretty good vantage point. And hmm, pit race had a great vantage point. Yeah, for those, sure. Yeah, that was beautiful. Those are really easy then because I can look and look down the straightaway and be like, all right, that car is going to pass now. So I'm watching as I'm watching the next car come across. Yeah. And that's really nice. But when there's no vantage point, then it's a little bit of a chaos, but it's fine. So um, both you and I, I think, are, are basically on board for a full season in 2023. Yeah. You're like, you're at every event, right? You're I, the person. Yeah, I will be at every event unless for some reason Kevin wants to take that event. Um, but I think the plan is that I'll be doing timing and scoring for every event the that's whole a, year. That's it's a like big commitment. 12 events? Um, but like, you're you're kind of a computer nerd. Uh, yeah. I said. I'm a math nerd. But you're a math nerd. And yeah. I like, you know, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But you have like, you have a car background that's uh, unique in its own right. So like, um, you've competed nationally in autocross. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of stuff in your area, in your region with your local, uh, uh, the local Fox, Valley? Fox Valley. Fox Valley. Yep. SCC. Um, it's, like, it's tell not me a... about how you got into cars. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, my dad owned a shop when I was little, um, but he had to sell a shop when I was maybe like a six or something. So he was always like taking on small projects and everything. And I would like help him hold the light, you know. Um, and then when I went to college, I'm like, I want a cool car. Like, I want a, I want a fast car to do some street racing. So I bought an S5 and that was a world of hurt very fast I learned that I should not have an Audi if I'm not comfortable fixing an Audi oh sure oh yeah so what happened um an exhaust valve spring broke oh jeez yeah like 
within a month of owning it. And I'm like, I don't know how to fix this. I didn't. <laughs> I showed my dad. And he's like, you shouldn't have bought that Audi. I'm like, thanks, Dad. That doesn't help me. <laughs> I, yes, you're right. I know. But that doesn't yeah, help yeah. me right now. And so um, got that fixed. Did you fix it or uh, no? Did you? Because I didn't. I didn't know anybody some- at that time. Yeah, I sent it to the Audi dealership because I had just moved back from college. I went to college in the Twin Cities, and then I moved back to manage my family's business. So I transferred colleges. And then while I was home, I'm like, "Well, I'm not paying for an apartment anymore. Let's I can get just an buy S5. an S5. Yeah, let's get let's get something fast." And it was it was like the V8 S5 was the cool one. Okay. So it was awesome. It was a beautiful car, and it was fast. And um, I had intended it to like go to local car meets and do some street racing, and that's how I met everyone eventually. Um, but yeah, it broke a lot of times, and I eventually sold it to get a 350Z once I found the little car group that I was hanging out with. That's how I met Tom Hilly, who is the board of the Fox Valley directors. Um, and he kind of got me into autocross, as, w- as with Dana, got me into autocross, and they were like, just try it. You'll like it. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've never done something like that. Sure. So I took my really ratty 350z like rust everywhere it had been ice raced and winter drove for years it had been hit by a semi and rebuilt another person hit my z when i got it and got it rebuilt and so when i got that car in autocross and i'm like okay this is really fun but like maybe i want something else so i drove that for a while did some like first track days with it which was super sketchy probably shouldn't have because there are a lot of things that were worn out brainerd Okay. Yeah, so I went to Brainerd quite a few times after like a year well, and a half Well, that's a track that's known for being super low speed and chill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not start out with something a little aggressive? <laughs> but it was fun because it was always people that we knew. So um, it was like a group of people that would come. And it was CWCC and then some of the Fox Valley people would come and they'd run proving grounds. Uh-huh. So it was always somebody that would jump in the car with you. For most of the time, it was Dana because we were together at that point. And he would just, like, help me on course. The Z was pretty terrifying. Then I got into the Miata, and I'm like, all right, this is good. We're, like, we're a Sunday driver at this point. Um, But that's kind of how I got into cars. And as far as, like, the Nationals thing, those came up kind of randomly. I... It was my first year of autocross, and Jay Bullington has that crazy Audi that he runs for the National Autocrosses. And they, Dana is really good friends with Jay. So they invited us down to uh, Grissom for uh, SCCA autocross. Mm -hmm. And we went down there and I met um, Hillary, who needed a tire warmer for nationals. And she's like, hey, do you want to drive this car with me? It's a Civic. I'm like, I have an autocross to front wheel drive car, but sure. And then um, show up and it's an SMF Civic with a crazy amount of power and a sequential and I'm like oh my god (laughs) so I did a couple practice rounds and it was violent and that was my first nationals I'm like wow this is crazy and then the second uh, um, autocross nationals that I did was with Tom's Porsche okay that was recently that was that was last not last year but the year before okay that was while I was still with ASM so like Andy and Tom took the NSX and I took the Porsche I love that they took yeah, the NSX yeah. that was Tom's first time like highway racing I'm like you gotta do it Tom <laughs> <laughs> so we were driving and I kept like rubbing on him and he's like I'm not 
doing it. I'm like, just do it. Just do it. So it was fun. It was, he's like, that's the first time I've raced on the highway. I'm like, you're welcome. (laughs) But Uh, how did you finish that first year in the SMF car? Um, fourth. Okay. I want to say, I don't remember. It's, I, um, it was the ladies SMF. Mm -hmm. So SMFL. And, um, I think that was the year that Monique Forsyth won. Oh. And that's also how I met her. Okay. Um, so I met a bunch of different people that year that kind of like trickled back in as I started doing the grid life stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then how about the, the autocross you did in the Cayman? Fourth. <laughs> so close to third or second. Oh, no, I placed third. And I was like, the first day I was in second. And then the second day, the car and I just didn't vibe well. Oh. And, you know, it just happens. But it's still an amazing event, and I got to, like, do it in this amazing car. So I'm like, you know what? I'll take it for what it is. It was super fun. And it was a great road trip. Well, I know that you've got a little bit of a, um, a competitive streak in you. Where did that I come do. from? Um, <laughs> that came from probably the martial arts. <laughs> really early, I started... In martial arts at, like, four. My parents decided that that was the good place for me to be. So, I'm not, I'm not questioning your parenting, your parents' <laughs> parenting decisions. I'm just, myself, as a parent, I'm trying to imagine the headspace where it's like, I'm going to let my kid get punched. I mean, fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> my, so my mom and dad's reasoning, it was mostly my mom because she was involved in dance. Like, she went to college for dance, and it's such a, like, downgrading kind of feel. They're always like, you're too, like, you're too fat, or you're too this, or you're too that, or your hair's too flat, or something like that. She's like, I want to put my daughter in something where they don't care about that. They only care about, like, skill. Sure. And so it's like, that's what they I decided. Guess it's probably really body positive, right? Where it's just like... Oh, Yeah. You, oh, you are in charge of yourself, and your yeah. skill and your effort will yeah. determine how far you can excel. Absolutely. Martial arts is, is amazing, and it's also really amazing for, like, um, self-confidence in, like, any situation. Where, like, we walk into a bar, and there's somebody being rowdy, and I'm like, that is no problem. <laughs> Nobody needs to worry. <laughs> I've got it. So, um you're in martial arts as a little kid and you mm-hmm. how, how does that work well work wise it was trainings like five days a week so I went through martial arts th- like through 20 age 20 um, and then it moved into some more like competition for martial arts so like uh, weapons forms and like naturally yeah, yeah. naturally naturally <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, obviously, but my like, like thing was what? my thing was sparring. Oh, weapons! Yeah, um, I was really good at the staff and um, tanfas and samurai sword. <laughs> <laughs> this is so silly. <laughs> it's just like all these. Things. I could like pull up my old uniform, and there was like a big line of patches of like all of these different size and all of these different weapons and. They and like awarded you stars for how far you got in those. Okay. Um, and then to like get black belt, so like secondary black belt is what I ended with. You had to either 
like make your own weapons form or weapons defense. That was like the secondary black belt is you had to do weapons defense against a real knife, and that was terrifying. But it's fine. But it's terrifying. Those are those were grueling grueling times. But it moved into um, from there. I really enjoyed the sparring aspect of the martial arts tournaments, and that's kind of where I excelled. The forms were fine. I did fine. But the sparring was always like, that's my thing. I've got that. Got first in those. So I moved into more of the um, jujitsu and uh, MMA training and kind of moved forward with like the MMA training from 17 to 20. And then I got some injuries sparring that took me out and spooked me a little bit. But mm. I'm thinking of going back to jujitsu. There's a um, place near my house that opened up that oh, looks really nice. cool. So. Um. But you're okay now. You're like now you're into cars, um, and I I hear about and see the competitive streak because um, when you go to these events, often someone will throw you the keys. Yeah. Um, and you, and you and I on the way here to record the show, we were talking a little bit about uh, feeling. Uh, a little bit unsure when you're surrounded by people who are really fast. Yeah. Uh, what What is that like? I mean, I it, mean, look at my fiance. He's <laughs> stupidly fast. He's, he's pretty. So quick. anywhere we we go to co drive, if I'm within like six seconds or less, I'm like I'm doing pretty good today. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of cool when like some friends will come that don't get the opportunity to race as much. So we're a little bit closer in times. Uh, like Piero and I have been kind of battling here at Barber, and he always he would run one second faster, and then I run a second faster, and and now I'm ahead by a second, so I haven't seen him. I've got to ask him what he ran. <laughs> well, but it's, that's it's hard when you don't really have somebody close to you. Otherwise, when you come to these events, sure, um, where you're like, okay, well I haven't driven in like four or five months. We'll just knock the cobwebs off and see how it goes. So that's like my, if I'm within six seconds of Dana's fastest time that weekend, I'm doing good. Well, how does, I mean, I, I'd like to record with him as well, but how does he stay sharp? He does a lot of iRacing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's really enjoying that. And like the leagues thing with sure. iRacing. Yeah. So we have, we have our sim rig in our living room. <laughs> yeah. Naturally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like straight in the middle of the living room. Anytime from friends of mine that are not in racing come over, they're like, what is that? I'm like, it's a driver simulation. They're like, what? Like, yeah, it's really cool. But nope, we won't, Don't we worry. won't touch on that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Don't guy. worry about that. <laughs> yeah. So um, something I was interested in, because you're kind of a competitive person, you talked a little bit about only one, uh, kind of running one car at a, at a time between you and Dana. Yeah. Um, Dana is very, very uh, skilled and competitive mm -hmm. in the Club TR class. Um, how, do you have interest in trying to be more competitive and like being on track more as a, as a competitor? Definitely. But y'all need timing people. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to get the times, right? And I actually really do enjoy timing. It's kind of weird because when I was working with ASM, like, I saw everybody in the paddock. I was outside all day and running around, and everybody would tell me I have dirt on my face. And I always did. Like, it was kind of a staple at one point, just to have dirt somewhere on my face. And now I'm in, like, a tower that's away from people, and I'm like, hey, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> just getting your times. <laughs> 
But well, I mean, it's uh, for for those people that didn't know, uh, you you are female, and uh, yes, the number of females that are ready to like dive under the hood of a car to work on it, um, it's not all of them, and so like yeah, uh, I would say though that you know in the. In in the paddock, you're just like one of the buddies, and you're working yeah, on whatever. Absolutely, it's, I it's will super super cool. thousand percent jump in and help you change your diff. I hate the smell of gear oil, but I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's fun. Uh, like the the mechanical aspect of it keeps me sharp. Did um, did you pick that up from from dad, or like is that something that you worked on more recently? Where did that come from? Um, it's probably when I like I saw my dad doing that a lot when I was younger. But kind of picked it up because my other job is in the spa industry, so I don't get a lot of like hands-on mechanical work. It's a lot of more uh, people work. So it kind of started with like, I want to learn a new skill. I'm just going to help ASM out when I can. And it flourished into like, oh, you want to know how to tra- change a transmission? Here you go. And then that flourished into like, we're going to be at every event, and you'll be changing so, stuff so that, that you haven't changed before. Like yeah. the, maybe the aptitude was there, but like the experience came rapidly. I just watched a lot of YouTube videos. Okay. What's your go-to YouTube? Uh... I, know, I search something. I'm like, oh, that video looks good. I'll just watch that. And then I watch another one, and I'm like, all right, that, that's pretty consistent. I'm just going to do I that. But I have, and this comes from my dad, too, is I have a really good memory of like a stepwise memory and that comes from the math thing too because statistics was my my go-to that was what I was always really good at but that's really stepwise and procedural so is car car things and car um, like mechanics is super procedural Um, there are plenty of uh, there are plenty of jobs on cars that I will not at all like pursue Mm -hmm. and I think in part it's because I know people who are much much better Uh, even those in my area where I live it's like even if their services are pricey i will pay for them because i know that they're better at it this than than i am is there a job in a car that you wouldn't do i don't think so would you replace an exhaust valve spring now (laughs) yeah i think honestly it's like the gratifying feeling of like hey you know what that was really difficult but i did it like i did not know how to do this but now i did it and it's working so that was kind of the drive originally of like i can do that or I can try. Sure. And then giving yourself like the positive reassurance of like, you know what? I did that. It may not be the best and it might not have been the fastest, but it's correct. And I did that. Yeah. The thing that I struggle with, um, as a side hobby, I really like to cook at home Oh, and I'm like, uh, really, I, I think that I'm pretty good for a home cook. The thing that the skill that I don't have actually uh, correlates to the same skill that I don't have working on cars, and that is I'm really good at following procedure. Really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, when something doesn't go correct, I'm not very good at improvising. Like that, that situation uh, causes me stress and um, like working through it is hard for me. Yeah. Not because like I have anxiety, but just like, well, it didn't go according to the procedure. How do I figure it out? And uh, Andy is kind of a, a counterexample because he's like, well, yeah. it's easy once you figure it out. It's and like, I well, think, yeah, Andy, I know that. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> I think that's kind of like the neat thing of like working under Andy for a while is that I don't tend to get 
stressed out in a high stress situation because I manage a staff of all women. So there's like high emotions all the time. And I'm like, no, we're cool. Like everything's cool. So when I would get stuck on a a portion of like a mechanical fix or he was teaching me something new, he was really good at just breaking it down into portions of systems instead of being like, well, it's this way because it's this way, you know? Sure. Well, I know that you don't have a particularly large Instagram presence or uh, social media. Uh, no, because I suck at posting. <laughs> people will probably be able to find you somewhere and probably also in the paddock. Yeah. Um, when's the next time you're going to drive a car not at a Grid Life weekend? Not at a Grid Life weekend? Yeah. Besides now. If anyone wants to throw me their keys. Just kidding. Not kidding. She's Not kidding. Yeah. Throw me your keys. No, it's, I, I don't know. It really just depends on like, my schedule's pretty busy. I like to stay busy. So whenever I have a free moment, I kind of look for a a track day. I really like Blackhawk, so I'll probably look for a Blackhawk event. Is that Midwest Council? Yeah. Yep. They usually run a Memorial Day, uh, high speed autocross, but it's just a track day. It's track day. Yeah. And a group of us get together and go down every year because all of us usually have off that day, and that's super fun. So just those chill track days here and there. Well, I'm going to ask you to uh, speak for all women for a second, please. Okay. Uh, if you'll allow me. Okay. <laughs> uh, this hobby is kind of male-dominated, male-centric, and you're a female in it, and you're like, you're doing your thing. I'm and doing a thing. I, I think that's super cool. <laughs> Um, if, if there are people, not just females, but other people that are intimidated by like getting into it because mm-hmm. they don't know, or they like, they just, they're worried about looking silly. You have any advice? I would say do it for yourself and don't care what other people think. Mm. That's kind of how I tend with kindness. I'll just throw that in there. Like, don't go and block somebody's lap because you're like, mm, it's not my thing. I see enough of that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. But like within your means, just do it. Do whatever makes you happy. So if a female wants to get or otherwise wants to get into racing, like find me or find somebody else that's bigger in the paddock and we will show you the way. Like we'll show you anything that you need with kindness. Because I think that I mean, I had like when I got into racing, there weren't as far as the street racing around us, there weren't any other girls that were around a lot except for one. And she like hung out with me all the time. And we, she did autocross. She does autocross quite a bit. And then I met a color, a couple of other females in autocross and we kind of created our own little circle. So like you meet certain people and just know that a lot of the paddock, if not all of them are really open to answering questions and don't feel dumb about it. Yeah. Like, don't think that anything is a dumb question. I have only dumb questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to help you. <laughs> Thanks for uh, being on the show, and uh, it's been super fun to talk to you. I can't wait to go probably to Coda. Yeah, yeah, Coda is the next one, and I have I was there last year with ASM. That was my last event with them, so this will be my first Coda with Gridlife. I look forward to it. Yeah, me too. See you soon. Sounds good.
Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits of Gridlife to say hello. Hello.